37th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I'm your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. This project is made possible by the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. I'm a graduate of that program, not a student. And if you don't know me, I have a long history covering and researching the far right, specifically a hate group known as the Proud Boys. Now, I don't need to tell you this. My listeners are incredibly tuned in to what's happening in politics in the United States. Tomorrow is the election day. And I'm telling you this just because I probably won't get much sleep for the next, I don't even know how many days. So um, bear with me. I'm going to do my best to keep up with this pace and all of the updates as they come in. Um, if there was ever a time you wanted to donate <laughs> five bucks or whatever to the Decoding Fox News, there's a tip thing up at the top of my Twitter. It looks like a little dollar bill. It's right next to my face. Um, that goes straight to like one of those little payment things. Um, and I also, I'm doing this so you guys get the um, Fox News perspective of how they're covering this election. Because I know if you're listening to this podcast, you don't watch Fox News. This podcast is designed for, and this whole project is designed for friends and family, co-workers, neighbors, associates of people who are obsessed with Fox News. This is to help you navigate them and navigate the crazy that they throw at you all the time. So... I'm going to be watching it. You are not going to be watching it. It's going to be a fun week. I'm laughing to keep from crying. I have to have a sense of humor in order to survive this gig. So um, I've been kind of dreading this midterm pretty much since this project started in February. <laughs> so um, we're going to do the best we can. Uh, last week, I, I'm just going to briefly explain that last week, because I did a special episode on the primetime coverage of the Paul Pelosi attack, which was on Monday, October 31st, that is also included in all of my analysis for this past week. So when I talk about the candidates and how many times they were mentioned, when I talk about the words, how often they were used on Fox News, all 20 hours, I counted them completely, are part of this uh, newsletter podcast. And that also includes... The Five had a special episode on Sunday where they just were like, they're doing this right now. I guess they'll probably be doing this tomorrow. The shows are outside in like their outside studio area. I'm not sure why they do that, but they're like, look at us. We're talking outside. And all the women are wearing pants because the chairs that they put them on, I guess, would be kind of obscene if they were wearing a skirt. So I just thought that was funny. I'm like, all these pantsuits suddenly on Fox uh anchors how exciting so i'm just going to get to it there's six clips they're not as long as last week so hopefully this won't go too far over in time i like to keep this short and neat since i'm the only person on this uh so here we go here's the headline fox news crime is destroying america vote for the gop tucker carlson is still a nazi a condensed overview of 20 hours of fox news for the week ending November 6, 2022. A typical Fox News viewer might worry that if they step outside their home, they'll be murdered by a pack of homeless, drug-addicted migrants. 
If they watched Tucker Carlson, they could believe that the Brazilian election was stolen and that YouTube is part of the cover-up. A fan of Fox News might also worry that their children's schools were being corrupted by adults in giant mascot-style costumes. Anyone who exclusively watched the Murdoch Dome Network would have no idea that flu hospitalizations are at the highest in a decade, that inflation is higher in most of Europe than in the U.S., or that a court appointed an independent monitor to oversee the Trump organization during the New York State fraud probe. As usual, a Fox News viewer would be lost in the whirlpool of fear and paranoia that Fox News whips up to maximum speed every single day. This past week, the words crime and criminal were mentioned more than Biden. It was a full-on festival of fear. Shows that I covered last week are Fox and Friends, The First Hour, The Five, plus a bonus Sunday episode from Sunday, Tucker Carlson Tonight, and as I said earlier, the additional four-hour special report, Primetime with Jesse Waters, Hannity, and the Ingram Angle from Monday. So it was a lot, a lot to cover. Clip of the week. Sean Hannity made the bold claim that no GOP candidate had plans to cut or end Social Security. If that asteroid was headed towards Earth, you'd blame Donald Trump and say he sent it. Anyway, Obama's lying. There's not a single Republican candidate planning to cut Medicare or Social Security, not one. This is Senator Mike Lee. He's running for re-election in Utah. It will be my objective to phase out Social Security. Nice. To pull it up by the roots and get rid of it. Um, people who advise me politically always tell me that's dangerous, and I tell them, in that case, it's not worth my running. That's why I'm doing this, to get rid of that. Medicare and Medicaid are of the same sort and need to be pulled up. Now, that audio is not the best quality, so I'm going to read what he said to you so you can hear it very clearly. I just wanted to play the original so it's clearly um, Senator Lee's voice, not me, so I'm not inventing this. But just so you hear exactly what he said, it will be my objective to phase out Social Security, to pull it up by the roots and get rid of it. People who advise me politically always tell me that's dangerous. And I tell them, in that case, it's not worth my running. That's why I'm doing this, to get rid of Medicare and Medicaid. They are the same sort and need to be pulled up. So that is not exactly nuanced. It's a pretty harsh statement about Social Security, Medicare, and Medicaid, things that people have very strong opinions about. Because most of us who've worked at jobs have paid into all of those entitlements our entire lives. That's, I hate the term entitlement. I think it's ridiculous that they call them that because it, you know, it comes out of every single check. And when I was self-employed, like anybody self-employed listening to this podcast, we pay four times a year. So will that hurt Senator Mike Lee or not this late in the game? Who knows? But obviously, Sean Hannity's statement about Obama being a liar is incorrect. I think that's easy enough to say right there. Now, this next clip is by House Majority Whip Representative James Clyburn from South Carolina. And he discusses the parallels between what is going on in the United States politics with what happened in Germany right before World War II. 
And I wish I had time. I would go into the entire history of the Weimar Republic and how it does parallel, but we don't quite have enough time because there's too many things to cover in the podcast. But Fox played this clip on every single show that I analyzed last week. So I thought it was very important to include it. And they kind of dismissed Clyburn and acted like it was crazy. I don't think he is crazy. I think that there are quite a few parallels and I'm not the only person who thinks that. So it seems pretty clear Democrats are gonna lose big on Tuesday and they know it and they're panicking as a result of that and they've gone basically completely nuts. Here's Congressman Jim Clyburn of South Carolina. This is what happens in a country that follows what happened in Germany uh, in the early 30s. This country is on track to repeat what happened in Germany when it was the greatest democracy going, elected a chancellor who then co-opted the media that this past president, uh, calling the press the enemy of the people, that is a bunch of crap, and we know it. And that's what's going on in this country. And pretty much every uh, show that featured that clip, they did. They had the same reaction as Tucker Carlson. They were just basically trying to diminish what Kleinberg said and make fun of him. Like, oh, he's so crazy. He's comparing the U.S. to pre-Nazi Germany. Uh, I don't think he's crazy. There's a lot of parallels. The, the fact that uh, basically we have a leader who wants to be an autocrat, who wants to rule with an iron fist, that would be, uh, you know, former President Donald J. Trump, somebody who's creating his own reality, someone who doesn't want to accept the rules of law, somebody who trashed the press, someone who could possibly scapegoat an entire group of people. He kind of was on the edge of that with the Muslims and barring them entry from the United States and, and migrants and the wall and all that. So I don't think he's completely far off on that. And that's all I'm going to say about that, because, again, I could do, I could spend two hours on the subject, but we don't have it for the podcast. But I did think it was very important to play that clip and include it in the podcast since it was featured in every single show that I covered last week. Uh, I think it made Fox very nervous that somebody as influential like Clyburn was saying what he said there. Before I keep going in the podcast, I want to make a quick note because I do refer to this thing called the newsletter quite a bit. And the newsletter is basically the written version of the podcast and it includes hyperlinks. So if you ever want to find a source to something or see where I found some information, you can go to the newsletter and click onto the hyperlink and the hyperlink, you'll see something that's underlined. That's basically that'll take you to the source. And right now I've had a few uh, followers who have emailed me throughout the week asking for sources and that sort of thing. And I'm right now I can handle the amount of people that are doing that. It's not, it hasn't been too bad. It's only been a handful of people. Um, and I'm very, I will very happily send you to sources. Uh, for the future, if you ever want something, and again, the newsletter is at my Substack, Decoding Fox News, which you can also find the podcast. And they're right next to each other. So they'll have the exact same title. It's just the podcast will say podcast, and then it'll have the headline. And the newsletter just has the headline, exact same name, one right under the other. The newsletter comes first and then the podcast, because that's how I publish it. So that'll take you to all the sources. So it'll save you time, save me time. It'll be great. And then you can show it to friends. I've had people tell me this. So I uh, just wanted to point that out. So what comes up next in the newsletter 
is a very hyper detailed granular uh, list of every candidate that was mentioned on Fox and how many times they were mentioned in comparison to their opponent and the spread that is how many percentage points they are between them and their opponent. It's, and it's super hyper granular. It's what I love doing. Um, it doesn't really translate well to a podcast, but in written form, it's great. So, cause it's just a lot of numbers. So I'll just go through the written form that's right underneath that crazy list. So we say, as in past weeks, the focus of candidates didn't follow any electoral logic on Fox. The network continued to dedicate a lot of airtime towards Pennsylvania Democratic Senate candidate John Fetterman. Fetterman was mentioned 69 times last week, more than any other candidate. The race is tight in Pennsylvania, but it's much closer in Nevada. The Fox strategy seemed based more in emotion than logic. A Senate seat is a Senate seat regardless of the state. Nevada's Senate race should have dominated the network's coverage since it has remained one of the tightest races in the country. But they put more focus on candidates that elicited more of an emotional reaction from their audience. So, for example, Adam Paul Laxett, the Republican senatorial candidate in Nevada, has very little charisma on camera, which might be part of the reason why the network has largely ignored him. He's also not very well known. Fox chose to throw far more focus towards the governor's race in Georgia, even though it looks like a sure bet for the Republican incumbent Governor Jack Kemp. Fox spent a lot of time trashing Stacey Abrams, Kemp's Democratic opponent. So the only reason why the network would focus on candidates like Fetterman and Abrams is it's betting the emotional reaction towards a strong, outspoken black woman and a tattooed hoodie wearing stroke survivor will gain more leverage for the Republican Party in every state. Fox has also pulled a lot of focus away from Georgia's Senate race, which is also neck and neck. Georgia's used to be the top focus for the network, but they've since pulled back as the Republican candidate Herschel Walker has been mired in scandal for months and had an embarrassing debate performance. This could also explain the network's obsessive coverage of the governor's race in New York State. Most polls have the Democratic incumbent Governor Kathy Hochul winning re-election easily, yet Fox continues to promote the idea that Lee Zeldin could have a surprise win. Governor DeSantis should win his re-election in Florida by wide margin, yet the network brought him up 24 times compared to Herschel Walker's six times. So with limited airtime, the network should promote the candidates who need the biggest push. But instead, Fox is pushing the biggest stars in the Republican Party while trashing their favorite Democratic villains. I'm almost surprised they haven't pretended that Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez race is competitive. I'm like half kidding when I say that. I'm serious. I'm half kidding. Now, this next clip is from Tucker Carlson Tonight. It was the only show that really explored this topic. I'm going to play the clip first and then break it down a little bit because it's, in this case, it's a little bit easier to do it that way. You would hate to think that what's happening here is a version of what is happening tonight in Brazil. According to official tallies, a convicted criminal and avowed socialist called Lula da Silva beat the incumbent president of Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro, by a narrow margin this weekend. And yet millions of Brazilians, millions, don't believe that's what actually happened. Bolsonaro himself is not conceded. There are protests all over Brazil right now. You're seeing some of them on your screen right now. There are questions about whether all the ballots have been counted, why so many were thrown out, millions, and whether election laws were violated in the process. So we can't render judgment on those questions, but if you care about democracy, if you think the process is essential, 
then you would look into those allegations. Anything less is not democracy. And yet what's interesting, and maybe a point of concern for the rest of us here in the U.S., is that you are no longer allowed to ask questions about this election in Brazil. And you're not allowed because the Biden administration doesn't want you to. That's true. YouTube, which has functioned for the last two years as a, an arm of the Biden administration, has announced it is censoring any posts in Brazil that question the election results. Brazil's courts have also rejected any inquiry into the election. In fact, a Supreme Court judge in Brazil has also ordered social media companies to remove any social media post that questions the outcome. Overwhelming censorship in a, quote, democracy, preventing people from asking questions about how the, quote, democracy functions. Okay, now Tucker takes it to a completely crazy tinfoil hat Tucker Carlson place. So why should you care about this? Brazil, it's a long way away. Well, two reasons. The first is that the result of this election will determine the extent of China's influence in the Western Hemisphere. If Bolsonaro is determined the loser and De Silva does become the president of Brazil, that means that left-wing governments loyal to China outside of our sphere of influence will control all of South America. Brazil was the last holdout, also the biggest and most significant country in South America. Bolsonaro alone in South America stood in the way of total Chinese hegemony there. It's our hemisphere. It matters. So a little bit of backstory is Tucker Carlson's a huge Bolsonaro fan. He's gone down to Brazil and done extended interviews with him. Now, what Carlson left out quite a bit, um, Bolsonaro is similar to Trump and the leader of Hungary, Orban, who is also a man who's like a wannabe autocrat, who is not favorable towards the LGBTQ community. And when I say this, I'm talking about literally Trump. Uh, Bolsonaro and or Orban, very similar, not favorable towards women. Uh, in the case of Brazil, Bolsonaro was very anti-indigenous people and anti-saving the Amazon rainforest. And he kind of tried to lead the country with an iron fist and, you know, my way or forget it. So the only show on Fox last week that gave the Brazilian election any focus was Tucker Carlson, which did not surprise me because of his history with Bolsonaro. So Carlson acted as if the Brazilian election was stolen and that any information about it was being suppressed. He showed images of huge pro-Bolsonaro demonstrations and rallied against YouTube. What Carlson left out was the fact that Bolsonaro had predicted voter fraud and election interference for several months, despite no evidence. Carlson also failed to tell his viewers that Bolsonaro had been trailing in the polls for months before the election. Election officials in Brazil, independent election security experts, and fact-checking agencies who monitor the election have all debunked Bolsonaro's claims. Carlson also repeatedly referred to his opponent, who goes simply, he's got a much longer name, but he goes commonly by Lula as a convicted criminal. Lula's conviction on corruption charges was annulled by the Supreme Court of Brazil. Lula's conviction helped Bolsonaro rise to power, Carlson also neglected to tell his audience that Lula is a former president of Brazil and that the country has had an extremely divided political landscape for some time. Now, if Lula had lost this last election and Bolsonaro had been reelected, Lula's supporters would have also taken to the streets in mass protests. So not only did Tucker completely flip reality in Brazil, but he took things to his usual conspiratorial universe. This wasn't just about Brazil. 
to Tucker Carlson. It was also about China trying to dominate the world. Now, this next category doesn't always come up. It's kind of rare. We don't have a bogus expert of the week this week, but we have instead Fox Guest Goes Rogue, which is a rare event. It doesn't happen often. It's when a Fox guest breaks free of the expectations of the network and just speaks their mind. And it's glorious to see. Very, very glorious. Here we go. I'd like to echo his sentiment. Um, a little bit of a different take I have, though, is I think we have to be real and honest. And remember, we just went through a once in a hundred year pandemic. So inflation is going to be high. We printed over $5 trillion under Donald Trump and Biden from the CARES Act and the Save America uh, Act from Biden. So the notion that we're going to come out of a once in 100 year pandemic and inflation and economy is going to be great and we're not going to have crime. I just don't think that's realistic. So again, what he's saying, I think we can all come together, tone down the rhetoric, and if we work together as Democrats and Republicans, we stand a much better chance of accomplishing immigration reform, crime, uh, the economy. But to continuously you know, throw insults at each other and say they're evil or they're destroying the country, as adults, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. If, you know, I think we're stronger together, and I think we really need to take a hard look at the way that we're treating and talking to each other. Amazing that that statement was uh, broadcast on Fox News. Now, albeit that was in the morning, it was in the first hour of Fox and Friends, so who knows how many people saw it. It did incredibly well when I put it on Twitter. People went bonkers for it. They loved it. Um, I think it's a great message. Uh, what he's saying is basically, you know, Trump also started this huge stimulus money, and inflation is a global problem, um, which if you study this at all, you know it's very much a global problem right now. Um, and it was just great. Just absolutely wonderful. It was a very positive message about, too, about trying to get along with each other and stop demonizing each other. Now, on that note, though, however, I'm going to play a clip by Tucker Carlson, who just whipped out an anti-Semitic comment for no good reason. He was talking about the Great Replacement um, and then just, just, oh, my God, I just screamed. I actually screamed, which I do often when analyzing his show. So here's the clip. A friend of ours, a writer called Michael Anton, recently coined a term called the celebration parallax. As Anton described it, the celebration parallax means the same set of facts is either true and wonderful or false and outrageous, depending entirely upon who asserts it. See how that works? There's no greater example of the celebration parallax than the issue of the so-called great replacement theory. So Democrats can talk about engineering demographic change for political advantage all they want. It's wonderful. It's glorious when they do it. Yes, it's happening and we love it. The thing is, though, Republicans are absolutely not allowed to notice that it's happening. And if they do, they're racist. Case in point. Today, USA Today came out and admitted that the Democratic Party's entire electoral strategy was built on the Great Replacement. This is a real excerpt from an actual news article. We're quoting. For many years, Democrats have hoped that Latino voters could be the key to turning traditionally red states to purple. Now it's unclear whether that will be the case, end quote. Whoa! I just want to point out before I play the anti-Semitic line, which is coming right up, that that quote that he read, there's nothing in that quote about how the Democrats were purposefully allowing more Latinos into the United States in order to change the electorate. What it is, it's a reaction. It says they were hoping that maybe... These Latinos coming into the country might vote for Democrats. It says nothing about Democrats purposefully letting in more Latinos into the United States in the hopes that they'll change the electorate. So he's misrepresenting that quote. 
because a great replacement is supposed to be about a purposeful like like plan like plot to change the electric in the united states so anyway here's the rest of the quote Someone better alert Jonathan Greenblatt at the ADL so he can denounce the Democratic Party. And if you pay him enough, he will, because that's how that works. Probably not going to happen, though. We can say that the Democratic Party deserves 100% of what it's about to get. You bring people in here purely to vote for you, and in the end, they hate you. <laughs> it's so great. So Jonathan Greenblatt is, of course, the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League. And what Tucker did there was really disgusting, because he's basically saying if you pay Jonathan Greenblatt enough, he'll call everybody racist and say they're anti-Semitic. That's a horrible, horrible trope that's been used against Jewish people for hundreds of years. I cannot stand Tucker Carlson. Okay, now this next one is funny. So we're going to we're gonna have the last, the last clip is going to be on a high note. And then we'll go through the stories that Fox didn't cover that were covered on PBS. But here's the last one. This is Kyle. This is from Fox and Friends. Um... They were at a diner. Will Kane goes up to this guy, simply known as Kyle, who's wearing a cowboy hat indoors. I will add that many people commented on the fact that he was wearing a hat indoors, which you're not supposed to do. But people do it all the time. So anyway, this is Kyle and his thoughts on education. Uh, Kyle, I know, has been a part of that fight for quite some time. And you're worried about the schools. I am. Well, you know, all these issues are important. But if we don't get a grip on what's going on in our education system, we're going to lose the next generation. And that's what, I mean, we've got pornography, uh, drag queen story hour, furries in the schools. It's just out of control. We need to get a grip on this really quick. Okay, so what in the heck is that man talking about when he talks about furries? All right. This is a conspiracy theory that like 20 Republican elected officials have repeated in some form. It's how insane this is. And the conspiracy theory is that some children are now identifying as cats or furries and requesting a litter box instead of a bathroom, like indoor plumbing. Yes, people actually believe this. Now, the incredibly popular podcaster Joe Rogan just last week admitted that this is not true. He's talked about it on his podcast that has millions of listeners, and he's since recanted what he said. NBC did an exhaustive investigation into this. I included a link in the newsletter. They went through and they called all these schools and they went back to the sources and tried to figure out where this came from. And it's a little too involved for me to get into in this podcast because it would take too long. But if you want to read about it, you could literally just Google NBC investigation furries and you'll find it. Absolutely bonkers. And yes, people actually believe this. Like, People actually believe this. And there is a, a movement, uh, a, like a subculture of people who do dress up in like giant mascot style costumes and they're called furries and they're adults and it's widely misunderstood. Some actual fascists tried to infiltrate the movement kind of as a joke and the furries pushed back against it. And so they're, believe it or not, I've actually interacted with a lot of people who would identify as a furry. They're nice people. It's just like a thing that they do. It doesn't hurt anybody. It's out of all the things that you could do in the, in, in the world, dressing up in a giant mascot costume and going to conventions and hanging out with other people who do is pretty harmless. And furries have nothing to do with schools or children or anything like that. This story is absolute nonsense. The next category is uh, stories that Fox thought were newsworthy that were not newsworthy. This one's pretty simple. Stephen Colbert um, made a joke based on a statement made by 
Tudor Dixon, who's running for governor in Michigan. And she told a story about a man who switched parties after he found a book in his kid's library, school library that he didn't approve of. And Stephen Colbert said, oh, she made this guy up. And the guy was like, nope, here I am. I exist. Stephen Colbert apologized and corrected his joke. That's it. Fox News thought this was like a major news story. Nobody got harassed. Nobody was harmed. Not a big deal. No reason to spend that much time on it. It was absolutely ridiculous. Set categories, stories, Fox News ignored. Every week I compare 15 hours of Fox News to five hours of PBS NewsHour. This list includes stories that were covered on PBS that Fox News completely ignored. The Supreme Court of the United States, led by Chief Justice John Roberts, put a temporary hold on the release of Trump's tax returns to Congress. A judge appointed an independent monitor to oversee the Trump Organization during the New York State fraud probe. Trump ally Tom Barrick was acquitted of federal foreign agent charges. Senator Lindsey Graham must testify in election interference probe in Georgia. A rapper known as Takeoff, only 28 years old, was killed during a shooting in Houston. CBS and Walgreens agreed to a $10 billion settlement to state and local governments alleging the retailers mishandled prescriptions of opioid painkillers. CBS and its former CEO, Leslie Moonves, reached a settlement with the New York Attorney General to pay $30 million over sexual misconduct allegations and insider trading. Flu hospitalizations are in the highest in a decade. Stuart Rhodes, the founder and leader of the extremist group The Oath Keepers, took the stand in his own defense in the federal trial on seditious conspiracy charges over his role in the January 6th riot on the Capitol. FBI located a subject who threatened multiple synagogues in New Jersey. The Supreme Court hears a case challenging who can adopt indigenous children. Inflation in the Eurozone hit 10.7% in October. The war in Ukraine. Russia will resume grain shipments out of the country. The U.S. alleges North Korea is supplying Russia with artillery shells. A pedestrian bridge that was recently reopened after an extensive renovation collapsed in India, killing 134. The former prime minister of Pakistan, Imran Khan, was shot in an attempted assassination attempt. The election in Israel. The country has had five elections in the past four years. Former Prime Minister Bibi Netanyahu was re-elected with a far-right coalition despite being under investigation for corruption. Anti-government protests in Iran have stretched on now for seven weeks despite a harsh and violent crackdown by authorities. The protests followed the death of a young woman in police custody after she was arrested for not wearing her, hard scar- her headscarf properly. A crowd surge in Seoul, South Korea at a Halloween event resulted in the death of at least 149, with an additional 150 injured. Most of the victims were young adults and teenagers. The Chinese government shut visitors in Shanghai Disneyland for hours due to a single case of COVID-19. North Korea fired the highest number of short-range missiles at South Korea in a day. A tropical storm caused major flooding and damage in the Philippines. Australia launches a probe into 40 years of LGBTQ-motivated killings. At least 100 were killed in a series of car bomb attacks in the capital of Somalia. The al-Qaeda-linked al-Shabaab extremist group 
claimed responsibility. Now, this one's actually a huge story. Ethiopia and northern Tigray region announced a truce after two years of a civil conflict inside the country, which has cost the life of thousands and displaced around two million people. That's a big deal. If they can hold on to that, that would be tremendous for Ethiopia. Okay, finally, by the numbers, and that's just the graphs, they're visual, not audio, but they show a breakdown of the top five categories per network. And of course, if you add up the midterm elect, uh, midterm related categories for Fox, it's like about half of the airtime. And uh, PBS, of course, was far more balanced. And PBS, 7% of their airtime was dedicated to the big lie, the, the idea that Trump won the 2020 election. And then the words that were used on Fox, probably the, the biggest one was crime and criminal out was 300 references, which was more than Biden, which is absolutely bonkers. Um, and the rest is pretty self-explanatory. So crime just dominated the list and the Paul Pelosi craziness. Uh, you see things like footage and gay showing up on the list, which they normally don't. So coming up, the midterm election is tomorrow. I'm going to capture how Fox covers the midterms. I'm going to capture what I can of PBS. I'm one person, so I'm not sure how I'm going to do this because it's going to be several hours of coverage. So I'm going to just do my best, try to get the highlights. And the rest of the week, I'll be doing Fox and Friends, The Five, and Hannity. Thank you so much for listening. I'm absolutely exhausted, and we haven't even gotten to the midterms yet. So uh, thanks for listening. I'll be back. I'm going to have some sort of podcast probably just dedicated to the election coverage at some point next week. I'm not sure when I'm going to do it, when I can fit it in. Uh, I'm sure the election is going to dominate everything next week. So that's about it. Uh, Odin and Thor, thank you. If you'd like to support this project, you can go to my Patreon. We are also looking for a future home for Decoding Fox News. I'm not sure yet where we're going to end up or if this is just going to end when the grant ends. We'll see. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you at the next podcast.